um, trying, everyone's trying to figure out how to juggle all of their time, uh, all of their obligations around in order to fit everything into the time. So, of course, everyone feels that the uh, people who learn the yeshivas are obsessed with the fact that they have to have a lot of time for learning Torah. This is correct. But we're going to discuss that there are other obligations that uh, perhaps uh, have kedimas. Um The Chumash says that a husband is obligated uh, towards his wife after Nisuin uh, with respect to Sheikh Sus vi Ono. And Ono, the Mishnayis uh, interprets Ono means uh, marital relations. Uh, but the Talmud tells us that uh, a man is obligated to spend time with his wife. My father told me when he was in Cheder in Europe as a little child. So the Rebbe was teaching the little children. So he had to translate uh, into Yiddish. So how's he going to translate Ona? So he said, Zeit, the word Oida means time. And it's uh, correct also. It's not, it's not incorrect. That's not what it means in the passage. But it's not incorrect to say that a husband is obligated to spend time with his wife. Uh, I remember Baron Salvechik once mentioning in a talk that uh, if his wife would uh, have wanted to, uh, years ago there used to be kosher movies. So he said if his wife would have wanted to, if she would have insisted that uh, he should entertain her by taking her out to the movies, he would have been obligated to go with her to the movies. He was fortunate that she didn't insist. She didn't want him to go. She wanted him to become a big Tamachachim instead. But the halacha says that her husband is obligated to spend time with his wife. And the Chachanim tell us that this is a real obligation. Mechabda doesn't just mean to put on her fur coat or to hold the door for her. Mechabda means to spend money and to spend time, uh, to, to make his wife feel comfortable. The Talmud tells us that when they offered the uh, Nesiyas, the position of chief rabbi to Rav Lozab and Azario, so he said he has to... commentaries on the Ebenezer explain that it doesn't mean that she was the big politician in the family, that she understood the politics better than he did, but rather what it means is that when one is a chief rabbi, he has so many obligations, so he has much less time to spend with his wife. And the Talmud tells us in the Gemara Subis that if when the couple got married, the husband had a job which is uh, not that time-consuming, and then the husband is interested in switching his profession uh, after the marriage to a different a different job, which is more time-consuming, so he has to get permission from his wife, because at the time that they got married, it was understood that he's going to spend more time with her. So that's what Ablazim and Azariah said. He has to consult his wife, uh, that she should approve it. She has to be Merchel. She has to be Mavater in advance. If she's not going to be Merchel, he's not permitted to take the position of chief rabbi, even though it will bring much uh, honor and glory to the wife. But uh, if she's not interested, if she's, if, she, if she's more interested in spending more time with her husband, then he wouldn't be permitted to take the position. So this is one real obligation that uh, sometimes people ignore, that uh, the men have an obligation to spend time with their wives. The Talmud tells us that even uh, when the wife is Ishtar Nida, and uh, still the couple is entitled to their privacy, and strangers should be careful not to intrude on their privacy, because even at such a, even that time in a month, the husband is also obligated to spend time with his wife. It's uh, much less than the other time of the month. The Mishnah tells us, and some of the commentaries on the Mishnahis interpret that it's referring to Ishtanida, but still there is, uh, there is an obligation, even by Ishtanida, to spend time with one's wife. So the learning of Torah is not the sole obligation. 
We'll get, uh, we'll have to discuss soon uh, what do you do when there's a conflict between the two. Now, there is an obligation to uh, organize learning groups and learning programs for others, for the community. Uh, and the Chofetz Chaim points out in his forum that this is not only as a substitute for one's own ability to learn. The Haino people make a mistake and they think that one who has the, one who has the ability to learn See, he's covered. He's learning. Those who don't have this uh, flesh, um, those who don't have uh, intelligence to learn, whatever, they're not cut out for learning. So it's support the others who are learning as a substitute for the fact that they themselves are not good. So the obligation to do kind of to set up uh, more learning programs in the community is even required of those who themselves are learning. The Prophet says in Brachas and Flogis that when we started the Hadith in Halevo, the first to all of the, uh, all of the 11 cities that we started in the form of the Brach, and then they were repeated later in the form of the Flogah. The first we said, Baruch Hashem, Yotam, Yitzhiza, Hatem, Wahazot. So the Ramban and the Sanfer and Kumish books, the Ramban and Sham, what it really refers to is Baruch Hashem, it doesn't mean that so the prayer is falling, and you have to catch the Sefer prayer and prevent it from falling on the floor. Or the Talmud in Shami says, is that when a person gets hampered, he should be Baruch Hashem Yotam, he's given a terrorist, he should do a good job when he does the hampered. That's Baruch Hadrash. The Tzikas and Mikro is referring to organizing learning programs in the community. For those in short, Gabai. We don't need a competing organization. If no one is taking care of this, so people have to volunteer. So this is also an obligation. It's also an obligation. Someone has to be the Gabbai in Shul. Someone, to ha- someone has to organize uh, learning groups and so on. Mitzvah groups. So this is also an obligation. There is an obligation of Chinuch, which is clearly a biblical obligation, that the fathers are obligated to learn with their children. Um, the Talmud tells us that the Mitzvah of Chinuch is only with the Rabban, and that's the one aspect of Chinuch that the uh, father has to see to it that his son fasts on Yom Kippur, has to see to it the son shakes a lulav. That part of Chinuch is only the Rabbanah, but the main part of Chinuch, that the father should educate his children, that's really an obligation. And of course, the Talmud tells us that uh, if one has the opportunity to teach others, uh, one's children, one's, uh, one's own children. The Talmud has a tradition refers to Eloha Talmudim. So there is an obligation to teach others, but the Talmud explains that there's a Kedima, there's a uh, preference. If you only have uh, so much time, you only have an hour a week. So it's preferable to teach someone else. Unless you can arrange that your own son should be learning with some other Chavrus. There is an Indian Amitzvah Yosemit Talmud speaks about the Dikas Chomets and several other mitzvahs preparing for Shabbos and other mitzvahs getting married. So it's a, it's a mitzvah that it's a heiress, it's a, a hidden mitzvah that the person should do the Maisan mitzvah himself rather than give it over to someone else. So this is a discussion that's, uh, that's found in the Chivas Marach or Zarua. Why is it that uh, we all send our children to Yeshiva and the Malamed teaches them? Why don't we do the Hidr? of Mitzvah Bo Yosem Mishluch. So the Marach develops a whole notion that Mitzvah Bo Yosem Mishluch does not apply to Chinach Abonim. He says that since the Chinach Abonim, the main Mitzvah, the end result, that the child should be learning, learn it, he should know how to learn, he should, he should have knowledge. So as long as I accomplish that by hook or by crook, so I'm in fulfillment of the Mitzvah, and there's no 
either that I should uh, do it myself. It's problematic, so why by the Bikas Chametz? Because Chametz is more important to do the actual Bikas. Isn't the purpose of Bikas Chametz also the end result? That, uh, that the house should be a Baduk. So he gets into a little trouble with his uh, suggestion. He thinks that Mitzvah, he, his theory that Mitzvah Baduk does not apply at all to Chinech Abad. There's nothing wrong with giving it over to someone else. I think it's usually assumed uh, not so. Usually we, we assume like the uh, Mishnabur quotes from the Red, and let's say a person has a, a big home, there's 20 rooms in his home. So would you say Mitzvah Boyas or the Bishnucha that the Balabais is obligated to be very common in all 20 rooms? So the Pimigodim quoted by the Mishnabur says, no, that's not necessary. As long as he's buried with one room, he's in Sokhem because it's Boyas or the Bishnucha, you can ask another 19 people to be buried with uh, all the other 19 rooms. Mitzvah Boyas and Mishnah, as long as I do part of the Mitzvah, I don't have to do the entire Mitzvah. Let's say, uh, write a Sefer Torah. So I commission a Sefer to write a Sefer Torah. So I'll fill in a few ICS. That's good enough. I did part of the Mitzvah. Without my filling in the ICS and Sefer Torah, but not having kosher, so that's considered doing part of the Mitzvah. Sefer Torah did it in kosher without the Mitzvah. I didn't do anything. If I buy the mental, I put on the mental, that's not uh, making it kosher. But if I did something to make it kosher, so that's already a Mitzvah Boyas and Mishnah, means I do part of the Mitzvah. So the mitzvah of Chinech Abonim, finally, everybody goes to work, everybody works for a living, so we can't really, uh, we're not retired yet, so, so uh, we can't spend all day teaching our own children. So we send them to Yeshiva. But on Shabbos in the evening, so we do spend a little time with our children, on weekends, we do spend whenever we have work. We spend a little time. So the Pashtis is that one is in fulfillment of the mitzvah of Yosem and Shlucha, he do it, by spending a little time with his uh, children, unless one knows his child, and he knows that, uh, let's say, if I'll organize a chavrusa, if I'll pay a tutor, I'll get a chavrusa to learn with my son, he's not going to learn so much. If I'll be there, then he's going to learn more. Sometimes when the father is there, the children learn more. Sometimes when the father is there, the children learn less. So if the father uh, assesses the situation and he feels that he's going to be on top of his son, he's going to learn with his son. Some will be learning more, so it's not just that he did a mitzvah boyas and a mishluch, but he's negligent in the fulfillment of the actual mitzvah itself of the maritimos mezbenet, who's not really teaching his child to the maximum that he would be able to. But if he feels that uh, the child is going to learn the same, whether the father's there or the father's not there, maybe the child's going to learn better without the father around. So then uh, the mitzvah boyas and a mishluch can be fulfilled uh, partially by the father's learning with the son once in a while. So, uh, of course, one has, to, one has to juggle these two obligations. Let's say the uh, husband has to spend time with his wife. The wife is interested in spending a little time with him. And he has to spend time with the children to teach them. He has to teach them their Torah. He has to be part of the Chinuch HaBadim. Mishnah is still part of Chinuch HaBadim. To help him do the secular homework also. Mishnah says you have to raise your children in such a way they should be able to make a parnas. You have to pass the exams in uh, in elementary school, they have to be able to pass in high school and college also. They write the papers for the children and doing them a favor, but they help them out a little bit, so you have to show them how, how, this, how they're supposed to write the papers, okay? how they're supposed to do the homework. So if it's a toss-up between spending time with the wife and spending time with the children, so the wife should understand that it's her obligation also. Obligation of Chinuch HaBanim, we usually assume that not only we tell us our art, it's incumbent upon the mother as well. So the mother has to understand, the wife has to understand that uh, unless she's not the mother of those children, so then you're going to have a problem. But uh, let's say, uh, 
in a preferred situation where the wife is the mother of the children, it's all one big family. So the wife has to be Nevada on her school because she, she is also obligated in the Chinuch of the children. So she has to understand the husband doesn't have that much time. She and the husband have to have half the children. The Talmud has a cloud. The mother tells a story as two people are uh, roaming around in the desert and there's only enough water for uh, one to survive so the Tanoim uh, had a dispute and Petunia was of the opinion that it's not permissible for me to drink the water and I have a canteen of water the other fellow doesn't so then Petunia says it's not permissible for me to drink up all the water in the canteen because by my drinking the water I'll be causing the death of the other uh, individual so you have to divide the water in half so neither is responsible for the death of the other one and they're both going to die obviously there's not enough water for either of them to survive so they're both going to die and that is not the accepted opinion. We have accepted the view of Rabbi Akiva, uh, that because the Pasuk has uh, the expression, Nechei Achicha Imach, Imach means with you, so you come first, and that's all what Akiva understood, Chayecha Kodmin, Chayecha Dech. This is the Gemara in the beginning of the Zehonesha. So the exploring Kiddushin writes, and this is quoted in Shulchanach, Lahalacha, that this Pasuk not only... Uh, this Kedim doesn't only apply with respect to um, uh, saving one's life. If it's means am I going to die or is he going to die? It applies to all of the mitzvahs should be not in the If I only have uh, one hour a week and I, and I can take care of my own, I want to learn a little bit. I have an obligation to learn with my children and I have an obligation to take care of other people also to set up learning to help other people learn. So we say that charity begins at home. That's exactly what it means. That uh, the father has to learn with his own children as opposed to learning with others unless, uh, as we said before, unless he can get someone else to learn with his children. So that will be taken care of. And then he has the obligation to take care of other people. But this is the basic cloud. A lot of people make a mistake and they're so eager to get involved in NCSY and a queue of activities that they that mafkir everything. That they, they give away... They're not taking care of their own children, they're not taking care of their own needs. Boys in college or boys in high school, they're not taking care of their own studies. And uh, they're only out there to help everybody else. At least the Talmud is opposed to But that's not the Jewish way. To be so altruistic, only to take care of everybody else, not to take care of your own needs. It's an improper approach. Shemesh Kopp writes in his introduction to his uh, famous uh, work, Shari Yosha, that uh, he interprets the... Um, if a person will not be selfish, he's not going to take care of himself, so no one else is going to take care of him. The obligation is first to take care of your own needs, and then to take care of other people's needs as well. If I understand that uh, I only have to take care of myself, so then one that's terrible. I have to take care of my own needs, but I have to understand that as an extension of my own needs, this also includes my family, it includes the whole community, it includes the whole world. So that's all an extension of myself. The impetus has to be that I have, you have to be selfish. You have to worry about yourself. And, uh, and part of yourself should be uh, all of the neighbors and all of the whole Jewish community and the whole world as well. That should be an extension. But first, you have to take care of yourself. That's why the rabbis say that one uh, who is giving away charity shouldn't give away all of his money as charity. One should not give away more than one-fifth of his total earnings um, the charity. So the Talmud gives the explanation, lest he will become poor. And what has he accomplished? He gave away charity to the other poor people and he became poor. So that doesn't make any sense. 
First, you have to take care of your own needs, and then you take care of others. That's what Shemesh Kav speaks about spending time. Imagine Feinstein also writes down that. They don't think that a person should spend more than one-fifth of the free time that he has taking care of other people's needs. Four-fifths of the time should be spent taking care of his own needs. Charity begins at home, and then approximately one-fifth of the time, if he can afford that. Some people can't even afford one-fifth. Some people can't afford to give away one-fifth of their annual earnings. And similarly, some people simply cannot afford to give away one-fifth of their time. They need all the time for themselves. If they can't afford it, then they give away to others. So you have to work out the kadimas. First, you have to, the obligation to, towards one's wife is a primary obligation. Then the obligation towards one's own children. And the wife has to understand that this is part of her obligation as well, to see to it that the children uh, develop properly, that they learn properly. And then he has to worry about uh, the rest of the community. Now, how does the person's own limonatera fit in here? So in the yeshivas, uh, and all the yeshivas, from the right to the left, and all the yeshivas, uh, there's an exaggeration placed on, um, on learning the hasmada, and we have to define a little bit what hasmada means. Uh, the Mishnah in Menachis speaks of the mitzvah of lechem uh, haparim that the Shohanim uh, and the Beis Hamidrash have to bake uh, 12 chalas and put these 12 chalas on the Shulchan in the Beis Hamidrash every Shabbos and then they sit there for a whole week and then next Shabbos they take off the old Rechem and they put on the new Rechem HaPonim just baked on, uh, on each Friday so the Pasuk uses the expression Tamid Rechem Ponim Lefanai Tamid that the Rechem HaPonim should always be there so the Mishnah records a dispute uh, uh, between the Tanoim among the Tanoim during the period of the second Beis Hamidrash how do you translate the word Tamid? Does it mean that the Shulchan should not be missing Lechem HaPonim for a whole day? So if the Kohanim will take off the old Lechem HaPonim on Shabbos morning and replace it with the new Lechem HaPonim late Shabbos afternoon, that's also considered Tamid because the Shulchan is not missing Lechem for a whole day. In the morning the old Lechem HaPonim is there and in the afternoon the new Lechem HaPonim was placed on the Shulchan. Should we translate Tamid literally meaning constantly? The Lechem Apam should be there constantly. The other view uh, in the Mishnah is that as the Kohanim, as a group of Kohanim are taking off the old Lechem Apam, the new Kohanim have to be placing new Lechem Apam on the Shulchan. So there shouldn't even be a moment's time where the Shulchan should be missing Lechem Apam. And the Mishnah describes, it sounds like it's describing the practice that was uh, observed in the second Beis Amigdosh. That that's the way they did it. They had a group of Kohanim taking off the old Lechem HaPonim and their fists were on top of the Shulchan removing the old Lechem HaPonim and the Tifcha Shalzeh, the the fists of the new Kohanim placing on the new Lechem HaPonim were just touching those of the old Kohanim. There, was mamish, uh, there wasn't even a moment's time when the Shulchan was lacking Lechem HaPonim. So this uh, dispute that appears in the Mishnah in connection with the uh, word Tomit in the Chumash, Lechem Panim Lefanai Tamid, brings the Talmud, the Gemara, and Menachas, and that Mishnah to have a discussion regarding the Mitzvah of Talmud Torah. Even though there is no Pasuk in Tanakh that says they should learn Bahasmada, that's an expression that we have, one should learn Bahasmada. The Pasuk says, but it doesn't really say Hasmada. So nonetheless, the rabbis of the Talmud assume that that's the nature of the Din. One is obligated to learn Bahasmada. And they have the argument, they have the machlek, is how would one define hasmada? It doesn't mean that a person should be kaveh, eat them later, you should learn a little bit every day. Um, whenever the Torah commands us to perform a mitzvah, it's unclear um, 
how often one is obligated to perform that mitzvah. So the Rambam seems to assume that it means once a day, every day. The Pasuk says that the Rambam understands the Pasuk in Chumash is saying we're obligated to govern. The Avda Bechol of Avchem and the Talmud says in Tainus and Avdeis Amenalva that refers to Tzilah. So how often is one obligated to daven? So the Ramam says, biblically, once a day, every day. The fact that we daven sometimes three times a day, four times a day, five times a day, this is Midrabanan. The specific Nisachatril is Midrabanan. And the fact that we daven three times a day is Midrabanan, but the obligation, the basic obligation to daven once a day, every day, that's a biblical uh, obligation. So this is based on the Pasuk that says you should daven, doesn't say how often, so it's assumed that it means once a day, every day. How did the Ramam know that that's the case? So the Gemara says regarding Duchanim, that uh, the Kohanim are obligated to Duchanim when they're called upon to do so. When, they, when the Tzibur, when the Chazim calls out Kohanim, when they request of them to Duchanim, so they're obligated to recite the Duchanim. So the Gemara um, says if the Kohanim already Duchanim in the first meaning, so he's not obligated to Duchanim again in the second meaning. If there's no Kohanim in, in the second minion, so they'll ask him as a favor to come and do it. Okay, he can do it as an enemy to the VS. It's okay, there's a dispute in the, the Mogan Avram whether he should say Abdocha or not. If he can do it in the second minion, should he say Abdocha or not? Uh, if the person do it in is Emrusif, like in Eretz Yisrael, so he's following the Takhanis Kachanim, so then he does say Abdocha. That's a Takhanim of the Rabbanim, he has to do it in Shachis and Musaf, second time in a day. And the is not obligated to do it by Musaf. But if you only do in Musaf and already do by Shaka, and then do by the first minion. Now, uh, late minion asks him to do a second time, so he's not even obligated to do in the Rabbah. So that's why there's a question whether he should uh, uh, recite the Dichas HaMitzvah, Kirishon of the Mitzvah, so that he wanted. So the Gemara says that uh, the obligation of Duchanin appears in the Chumash, and it's unclear how often one is obligated to do So we understand that it means once a day, every day. That's how one would have understood the obligation to learn Torah also. It says in the Chumash you should learn. It doesn't say how often. But one could have assumed once a day every day. If you spend five minutes uh, every day learning, that would be sufficient. So the Gemara says, no, but we have this passage in Sefer Yeshua that says that these Vahadisabha, Yama, Vahadayla, so it's not enough five minutes a day, once a day every day. You have to have five minutes every day, five minutes every night. But that's the whole story of Hasmada. That's all. That's one time his opinion. One is only obligated to be Kaveh, Yitim La Torah, to learn five minutes every day and five minutes every night. If not for the Pasuk in Yeshua, we would have said five minutes every day is sufficient. But now the Pasuk is Megalov and Yisva Yom We break that up to two parts and we say he's obligated to spend five minutes a day, two minutes a day, and two minutes every night. So that's the view of one of the Tanoi. The view of the Tanoi who says that uh, the concept of Hasmada by the Lechem Apana means that uh, a day shouldn't go by without the shulchan having the lechem aponim on it. You take off the lechem aponim in the morning. You place it with the new lechem aponim uh, later on the same day before the sun goes down. That would be considered tamid. That uh, tana would be of the opinion that as far as tamatera is concerned, it's sufficient. One is in fulfillment of his obligation that he learns a few moments every day and a few moments every night. Of course, not going to become a By learning five minutes a day, five minutes a night, not going to become a tamatera. But uh, that tana feels that that's not the obligation. The obligation to learn Torah doesn't mean you have to become a Talachah. The person has to learn the Kriyas means to be Kavayit and Lachah. The other view in the Tanoim who says that Hasmada is to be taken literally, that the Lechem Aponim should be sitting on the Shulchan, the Hasmada literally. So his opinion is that one is obligated to learn, um, not that he's obligated to learn on a regular basis, but rather that he's obligated to learn constantly. Hasmada means constantly learning, not just on a regular basis. They also not necessarily become a Talachah. 
Also, you can't say the obligation is to become a talakot. Not, not everyone. If you have to work for a living, it doesn't have so much time. So the... Vilna um, Goen, in the commentary on Mishnah's Teya, writes... Vilna Goen didn't write it. His students write it in his name. Most of the Biuri Hadro were written by the students. Uh, so the Talmudian quote in the name of Vilna Goen that what this means is... It doesn't mean that one is obligated to learn 24 hours a day. How can it be? And Parnassah is such an important mitzvah. The Parnassah is Zerich the mitzvah of Talmudah. Parnassah is the Parnassah is the mitzvah of the Muslim. It's not such an important mitzvah as Zerich Talmudah. So then the explains that the, by definition, the Chiyah to learn means whenever there's a free moment of time. Even if one should assume that Hasmad is to be taken literally, one has to learn constantly. But it doesn't mean you have to learn 24 hours a day. It means when there is free time, then one is obligated to learn. That's what Rabbi Abdeh has in the same essay in the end of Masechah's tradition. Uh, Rabbi Schwab, the Zechan Rabbach, was brought up in, uh, in Germany where they all uh, went to university and he went to learn in the different yeshivas. So he sent a letter to the different chsidish uh, rebbe's and the different Bashi yeshivas at that time. What do they think? Should he go for the Torah and Baracharit? Should he study uh, in university or should he just stick to learning Torah? So the, uh, so it's interesting. So he got letters from all of the rabbis. So the Siddish rabbis told him, follow your family tradition. So they go to university. They go to university. And all the Lithuanian Russian shivas wrote, no, you're not allowed to go to university. They made this big tour. So that's the, the letter that the rabbi wrote. Shuvah l'shor me'medina yedua. This is the response to the uh, one who asked the Shaila from Germany. That's the Medina yedua where they all went to university. Rabbi also has an essay that was written to Rabbi Schwab. This is all in response to this question. So Rabbi points out this comment that we've only joined, that by definition, the Chiyot Kamatayra, one is obligated to learn literally Yom Avalad. One is obligated to learn whenever there is free time. When a person is uh, eating, when a person is sleeping, say so he, he should sleep less. He, should, he can only sleep in Shum Tuvach Nefesh. No, the person leads a normal life. When there's free time, he's obligated to learn. Stechemed uh, quotes a kasha that runs as follows. The Talmud gives a list of instances where Yeshkech Yach Achamim Lakadov Menator Bishedi Altaster, where the rabbis uh, insisted that we should not fulfill mitzvahs. There's a biblical mitzvah to shake a lulav on the first day Sukkot, and if uh, Sukkot, first day Sukkot falls out on Shabbos, so the rabbis prohibited the shaking of a lulav lest the person may forget and carry the lulav in the street. Biblically, one is required to blow shofar on the first day of Rosh Hashanah, even if it happens to fall out on Shabbos. And the Rabbana, the rabbis prohibited us from fulfilling the mitzvah. Biblically, one is obligated to put on tzitzis on a, on a garment, on a four-corner garment, even if it's made from linen. And the rabbis prohibited putting on tzitzis, period. You don't put on any tzitzis at all if the garment is made from, uh, from linen, lest the person will have a shotness and, and it's unnecessary. So it will be a violation of the prohibition of shotness. So the Gemara has a list, a few more mitzvahs like that. The Yeshkach, we call it Yeshkach, Yerchacham, in Laka Dovmanatara, the Shevi Al-Tasa. The rabbis were authorized to uh, insist that the people should violate mitzvahs in the Torah, but the violation would be by not fulfilling a mitzvah saseh. So the Stechem, uh, quotes the following kasha. The observance of Tisha B'Av is not biblical in nature, it's only with the rabbis. The observance of Avelis, when one, uh, somebody dies, so the relatives have to observe a period of mourning for seven days and we don't learn Torah. And other results of the Talmud Torah, this is only maybe not born in the It's not a biblical, uh, it's not a biblical uh, mitzvah. 
Is that also an example of Neshkech, we have Chachamim, Laka, Dovin, Atzer, Bishay, Bialtasya? If not for the Tatanus Chachamim, we would have been free to learn Torah during that period of time. So we have to pass this record, not a good example of Neshkech, Laka. They weren't like that. They didn't say they exempt us or they prohibit us from fulfilling the Mitzvah Geras. They required of us to perform this mitzvah in the abundance of Dabinus three times a day. They required of us, and we have to spend five minutes every night at Hanukkah, to light Nehru's Hanukkah in the mail. Once you're doing that, in the mail, that time is no longer free time. No longer free time. There's no biblical obligation. Because different people have different obligations in life. Some people are retired, they have more time on their hands. Other people have to work for a living. Other people are going to, to school in order to be able to work for a living. So depending on how much free time there is, that's what determines how, how much time the person has that he's obligated to learn. Getting back again uh, to our region, uh, a person has an obligation to learn. A person has an obligation to help his children. A person has an obligation to spend time with his wife. So the obligation to learn, strictly speaking, cannot really be taken into consideration over here that they contradict each other. On the one hand, he only has an hour a day, so that this one hour a day he can either spend with his wife, who, who needs uh, attention, or he can spend his time learning on his own. So, if he's a smart cookie, he won't propose to the girl in the first place. He won't engage in the first place, and as he makes it clear, look, I'm interested in learning. Are you prepared to go along? You prepared to be Nevada in advance. You prepared to be Michael in advance. But you're not going to want me to take you to the movies uh, every week. You're not going to want me to take shows and uh, discuss uh, the latest news and the latest uh, books that came out. But uh, let's say he got married on the understanding that he's going to spend a lot of time with his wife. And then later on in the marriage, he decided that uh, he realized that uh, he wants to catch up on all that learning that he never did when he was younger. Then, strictly speaking, he's really Meshuggah to his wife. And to say that the Palmetoya takes precedence is not really true. It's not really true. Strictly speaking, it's not really true. One is obligated to learn every three moments, even the strictly opinion. One is obligated to learn every three minutes every day. That's free. If a person has a job, he makes a half a million dollars a year. Now, if he will cut back on the, uh, on the work that he does, he'll make quarter of a million dollars a year. He can pull through the koshi with a quarter million dollars a year. The koshi can pull. If it's really the koshi, so then it's a machlokis hatanoim in the third parent and my cut. The Gemara has it been one is not permitted to, uh, one of the next cells not, not permitted to leave the chutzlar. They must say, what happens if he doesn't make a panasa? So then the Gemara says, no problem. He's permitted to leave the chutzlar. Um, what if, he, what if he makes a decent parnasa, but he wants to make a million dollars? So then the Gemara says that's not a valid reason, uh, not a valid excuse to me. What happens if he, his parnasa is only the koshi, and he wants to make a parnasa bereva? He doesn't want to live so much between So then the Gemara has a machwekit patanayim. We pass them that that's considered the Torah parnasa. So with respect to learning Torah, also the pastor is like that. If a person just barely makes it by the skin of his teeth and has a parnasa, and he has a lot of free time on his hands, because he hardly works at all, hardly makes any money. Hardly works and hardly makes any money, barely makes a living. And then he has a lot of free time to learn. Okay, so that's one style. But uh, if the person chooses that he would like to make a little more pinose, that he should be able to have another suit for Shabbos, another pair of shoes. He doesn't want to look so uh, so poor. So the halacha would consider that a soda. And, uh, and uh, Allah would say he doesn't have that much free time. He's not obligated to learn uh, more. Unless, let's say, he's making, uh, 
He's already making he's already making a quarter of a million dollars. He's already makes a hundred thousand dollars. He's living forever. What well, he wants to become a millionaire. He wants to make uh, even more than that. So that's uh, so that's considered that's not considered a story. He wants to make so much money, that's not a choice. He has more free time, so Allah has said. That's what he's obligated to learn that time. Instead of uh, making the, the half a million dollars as opposed to the quarter million dollars of hundred thousand dollars a year. If he's going to take more time to do that work, I mean, the person is cut out. If some people, the maximum they can concentrate on learning is half an hour a day. So, so what do you want? Why should he only make a quarter of a million dollars? Uh, a year and stay making half a million dollars. You're not going to be able to understand more than half an hour's learning a day anyway. So let him, so let him make, the, let him go for a million dollars. But uh, most people don't have such a limited capacity to absorb learning. Only half, only half an hour a day. Maybe half an hour a day on Talmud. Maybe another half an hour a day on Kitsushu Shulchanah. Then another half an hour, an hour a day on uh, on Tanakh. Another half hour, half hour a day on Mishnayis. And another half hour a day, and I like it. You, you can do the maximum how much you can absorb any given day. Yeah, but you can have variety. If you study different things, you can absorb a lot of things. But then a person should make such a judgment. If a person can uh, have the ability to absorb more further by learning different things, and he's really making an awful lot of money because he's spending a lot of time in his business, and there's a lot of it's over here, and if he would spend less time on the business, he would also make a very decent financial. He wouldn't be living by years, then he's got to consider three times. And he's obligated to spend more time. He's obligated to learn more. But again, if a person has a conflict between his Talmatera and uh, the Shibudim that he has to his wife, in other words, if he didn't make up an agreement at the beginning of the marriage, uh, that the wife should understand that he wants to spend an awful lot of time in learning. And the wife understood it, and he understands it was. He's going to be a regular guy, he's going to spend a lot of time with his wife. And then later on, he decides he wants to learn, so he has to get the wife to, uh, to be mastered. He would be in the best interest for the wife that she should be mastered. Of course, she's going to have an unhappy husband. But he can't uh, twist her on. He can't force her into a group. She's not mastering the group because that time is really initiated to the wife. The obligation to learn her is only when there's free time. It is a problem. It's a very big problem. In Jewish folklore, we tell a story about the three Hasidim who were uh, praising their uh, respective rabbin, and each one was uh, saying that my, my rabbi is the greatest rabbi of all. So the one was telling, each one was telling a Moses how his rabbi is uh, the greatest rabbi in the world. So one of them tells the Moses that the rabbi was going in his horse and buggy, and, uh, and he came to a big river. He wasn't shy. How is he going to cross the river? The horse is going to drown in the river. So the Rebbe did a mitzvah, he made, he made his magic wand, and there was water to the right and water to the left, in the middle of his life, my mission did like a fear time. So I'm mitzvah, his Rebbe did this. Next one says, no, my Rebbe is even greater than that. Ah, just making it dry in the middle. But his Rebbe was once going in a horse and buggy at night, and uh, he was going in the daytime, then it got uh, later, later in the afternoon, it was getting dark, and dark, he can't see, there are no lights on the highways in Europe, so he's not going to be able to travel, so the rather than a mythos, it was dark to the right, and it was dark to the left, the middle of his life, it's a bigger mythos than having dry land in there. And the third person says, that my river is a bigger, a bigger bomb mythos than your river, and he's traveling late on uh, Friday afternoon, and it got dark, and Shabbos came. Okay, now I travel on Shabbos. And he's read the way two magic wands that he made, Shabbos to the right, Shabbos to the left. In the middle, it was a reserve Shabbos. Yeah. That's the real life, is to stretch the day out to make the day more than 24 hours. Yeah, but you're not all Chassidish already. 
It's very hard to do that mitzvah. If we could do the mitzvah and make things a day longer, that would solve the whole problem. The question is, the days only have 24 hours, and we have all these obligations. So the rabbis of the Talmud tell us in Brachas that uh, there was a strange uh, institution, the Hasidim HaRishonim had a practice that they used to spend uh, an hour every day, the Shabbat and Shabbat every day, we used to spend an hour in preparation for each one of the tefillahs, shoachas, I know we need an hour, a lot of time. And then they spend shoachas, a lot of time davening, and then they spend shoachas after the davening, after we complete the davening. Then the Talmud, the Shalmi asked the question, involved, they spent nine hours a day davening. So when did they learn Torah? When did they make a panosah? How is the shayach? <laughs> no time left in the day. If nine hours are eaten up by, by uh, the davening alone, so the Talmud of Yishalmi answers, the Torah of Hasidim Ha'yusim, so he did the Shem Shamayim, so the HaKadosh Baruch Hu gave them a bracha and a panasa, and they made panasa by spending less time on it. And Peirasa Mishtameris, and even though they had less time to learn, they were successful in their learning. HaKadosh Baruch Hu gave them a blessing to take the Hasidim. And uh, with the little time that they had, so they succeeded in learning the... At a, at a tremendous rate, and they didn't forget their learning. That's what uh, we all have to do. We have to follow the plumber, the academics, have to spend time, charity begins at home, take care of your own learning, take care of your own family, your children's learning, uh, before you're going to spend time to help other people. That's Allah. First, uh, all mitzvahs should be done in the You have to take care of your own needs first and other people's needs. And in the field commentary, even if one should assume the stricter opinion that the obligation to learn Torah is to be taken literally, that you learn the Hasmod of Hadith, and not just five minutes and every five minutes at night time. It's after uh, every three minutes, but that's only by Midvana when it is after three times. The time is not three minutes. And the obligation to the wife is the real obligation. The wife has to understand that the obligation to the children is her obligation as well. To educate the children as well. So she has to help out also. At least let the husband uh, learn that the children are supposed to spend the time with the wife. And then the commentary, even though when the yeshivas we uh, emphasize the importance of commentary, commentary is another freedom. But the bottom line is that the obligation to learn time is only when there's free time. It's not free time, isn't it? So uh, the single people who are not yet married should make up an advance with the girls that they go out with. That, uh, they should be Nevada, they should be Merkel in advance. They don't understand it. They're not murdering it in, so they're going to have a hard time later uh, trying to convince the wife that uh, she should be in the